Thank you for calling into Arabeta.fm. This call may be recorded for educational purposes. <laughs> Roll it. <laughs> it's been a it's been a few episodes and I threw you off in the intro. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, keeping me on my mental toes. I like it. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. TGIF, as they used to say in the 90s. Oh, yeah. GG. That's a restaurant. No. Close. It, 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 is, it, is it still? I, there's none in There is one in Glasgow. Anyway. Oh, okay. I, I, <laughs> and we you thought really about going there for Thanksgiving. And you're really excited about Denny's in your area recently too, right? Dude, that was like the most incredible thing we had. <laughs> <laughs> so Maya and I spend a few months in the U.S. Um, in uh, the spring and we drove like 3,000 miles or something like that. So, you know, if you drive it, th- uh, like if you drive for 3,000 miles in the U.S., you just had a, f- you, you can't avoid having a few Denny's encounters. That's right. Um, so for us, like Denny's was just kind of like re- something we remembered from the, from our road trip in the U.S. And, and we yeah. really liked our trip and really enjoyed it. And then <laughs> one day we're driving um, from Glasgow airport and we just see like a huge Denny's sign that we'd never noticed before. <laughs> and then apparently there are two Denny's in the UK, one here in Glasgow and then one down south in Swansea. That's hilarious. So, it's so random. Um, we went there and it was actually a pretty fun experience because it's very, of course. it's very much like the American Denny's. Hmm. Um, like the waiters there, like, really working for their tips and like introducing themselves with their names and stuff like that, that stuff like that you don't have in the UK, but at Denny's they do it. Hi, I'm Beth. I'll be your waitress today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's Ex- except it was like a dude with a fat Scottish accent. <laughs> I, which I've never, yeah, that's, that, that's quite the interjection. I've never seen that in a Denny's here, believe it or not. Yeah. So we don't know what his name is, but yeah, well maybe next you'll get a Friday's and a Chili's. You'll, you'll just get all of these like kind of Americana uh, franchise restaurants. There's only one thing I ask for a Chipotle, yeah. man, that would just oh, make my life so much better. It They do. They're, it's so easy to just fall back to Chipotle on a Thursday night when you don't want to cook. <laughs> it was our go-to thing in the U.S. because it's like if you get a Chipotle bowl and it's if you don't get the cream, um, the sour cream and the and the cheese, it's not it's not really super unhealthy or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So nice. uh, yeah, actually looking forward to going to Chipotle when we go f- uh, to the U.S. for microconf. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. <laughs> What does this show become? I guess we're uh, I guess we're both hungry. I don't know if you had, I don't know if you had breakfast. So <laughs> <laughs> I did, but I went running, or lunch. and then yeah, I get really hung- get really That's hungry. Right. That's right. No, uh, what has this show become? Episode thirty three. Yeah, third way towards the hundred mark. It's pretty amazing, man. Yeah. So thought we would do a traditional updates episode this week. Sounds good. It's been a while. Yeah. So, um, do you have any updates? Do I have any updates? <laughs> is it accountability? Tone, yeah, the tone on that was a little... I don't know, I'm sorry. Can we, can we talk about that for a second? <laughs> I mean... Well, I like, you a, don't have an excuse anymore not to do stuff. I know. I heard an actually in parentheses. <laughs> ask that question. 
you actually have any updates. Uh, uh, I do, Peter. Take your best updates. <laughs> I'm sure you have tons of updates with all this, all the work yeah. you did this week. <laughs> That's right. So maker manager style, here we go. Um, on the maker side, I had a really good breakthrough on the Stripe integration, which I know I've talked about for a very long time. Um, and uh, it's it's mostly mostly done. I know it's been mostly done, but like I'm definitely on the downhill part of the, you know, 37 signals. Oh, sorry. Base camp, uh, hill chart. If those know it, you know, it's like the, the hard parts are done. It's kind of straightforward from here, which feels amazing after a couple months of struggling with it. Obviously last month was a bit of a wash from a make, uh, from a maker's uh, standpoint, just didn't get a whole lot done, but, um, was able to finish that this week. And still needs a lot of testing. You know, I'm only using my very limited data set, uh, you know, in in my local environment to do that. I um, obviously uses OAuth to connect to Stripe. So um, I'm anxious to get others to try it out. So what I'm, I'm planning to do is um, create a, essentially create a beta testers group. I do have group policies and permissions in the product. So going to create that and then ask for volunteers to, to test it out uh, for me with their own Stripe accounts in production, which uh, should be really good. And also, I'm, gonna, I'm really trying to resist, this is maybe the manager part of me um, preemptively scolding the maker. It's like, I'm going to resist the urge to say, oh, great, this little bit of functionality is finally done. Let me start on something else <laughs> rather, than, <laughs> rather than pushing this live. Um, because it's, it. I will say like the, yeah, I mean, it's you always want to be now that it's done it kind of has this weird like oh it's done and then you're like okay this is it huh (laughs) like it's really tempting to want to do something else that's you know more exciting or you know maybe some little feature on top of it or whatever so i'm trying to resist that urge right now uh honestly and i think the way to do that is yeah just have a way of releasing it to a handful of people, maybe people in the tiny seed batch who can use it, show me what they see. I can see what they're seeing. And um, yeah, man, kind of get this. What's your tool for handling these, um, these tasks or these things you're working on? Um, Cause I know for me, if I, if I have something that's almost done, I, I'm eager to get it out so I can cross it off my to-do list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. I, why am I not eager to get it out? Probably because the, probably because I, this is fairly, this is defined fairly ambiguously. Like if I look at my, so I, what is my tool? Notion. So I do have um, a Notion checklist and I have Stripe integration on here. And it's not, I mean, even by the definition of this checklist, it's not really done. Like it's, I'm supposed to have an email that gets sent out when it finishes syncing like i didn't do that yet Mm. Um, i'm supposed to have different kind of uh, levels of it based on your subscription tier i don't have that yet so i guess here's the thing like this checklist here is very much what i want to have done by the end of the quarter but it's not the if these things aren't done you can't push a version live you know it's like this is where i want to get to uh, by the end of the quarter so I guess what I'm saying is what I have now fulfills some kind of user story, but I don't have that captured. I guess I, 
I guess I should have, you know, it's, it's kind of the classic, I need to add a thing to my checklist here so I can cross it off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But seriously, so as I've talked about, like I, I extract stuff based on my quarterly plan every week into a to-do list for that week. Mm -hmm. And that makes it like the items are much smaller. So you get, you get to do smaller, like deploy smaller things. And, but obviously if it's, if, I mean, maybe it's hard, it's hard to release a quarter stripe integration, of course. Um, yeah, no, you're right. I, I should, um, I should give that a little bit of thought even before I push this. Like I, I was wrestling with that this morning of whether or not this is actually ready. And just, I feel like, I feel like it could be, but maybe I should just decompose these things a little bit more. Um, and say, you know, I don't want to do one Stripe integration release this quarter. I want to do, say, three, you know. Mm. Um, this could be the first one. And because I do feel like I want people to, to try it out. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It's cool. a good point. So yeah. what's your, is that literally all you need? Like find people who can test it or? um. As far as, you know, getting, as far as having it out there and getting some feedback, uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. I could, um, you know, there's a lot of new stuff in this. Like I had to change the interface significantly. Um, I'm going to learn a lot as soon as people try it out with their own Stripe accounts. So I think that's it um, on the integration. And then it's, it's a little muddled, I guess, is because I... I'm also planning to release premium subscriptions this quarter and it's tempting when I release this to kind of cross the streams and also release some kind of premium, you know, limitation to it. But Mm. I think I need to not do that because the premium stuff isn't live yet. I should come back around when I do the premium and kind of slice everything that way. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like getting the stripe, integration out would free up some mental totally space for you because it's such a big project yeah yeah it, it's it has been a big project the maybe the, the hesitancy is just now that it's done i look at it and it's one of those features where it doesn't look like it should have been a lot of work <laughs> you know like yeah if you look at the final product it, it, part of me is like are people really going to understand the hard parts about this and it's like uh who cares? <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't need them to be impressed in a sense, in that sense. I just need it to work. So it's okay. If people look at it and they don't know why they don't, they don't know the icebergs that I had to navigate to do this. That's fine. You know? <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's the maker update this week. I guess I could roll into the manager. Yeah, do it. Cool. Um, yeah, the manager side had a few investor meetings and I have to say those have all been really energizing, which is very different than the last time I started a company. <laughs> it's because you pitch um, yourself as well. Yeah. Well, oh, you're saying, cause I'm, I'm part of the, part of the deal. No, well th- that too, but like you're by pitching, you also, you get to listen to yourself they oh, kind of like I be see. excited I'm also about in the product. audience for my own pitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's part of it. I, I think honestly it's been really nice because the, the folks I've been talking to, they really get it. Um, 
they really understand the big opportunity that I'm working on. And that's mm. not true of every investor. I talked to one yesterday that was a total, a total uh, grind, but that's because they were a very typical, you know, Silicon Valley VC who's looking for me to be doing a million a year in revenue before they would make an investment. And their minimum investment size is $2 million. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so it was an 18 minute call that was very perfunctory. And I think I did it just to like, I kind of knew that was going to be the result of it. And I just kind of did it anyway, because I, every once in a while, every like six months or so, I like to remind myself of what I'm not doing. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's like an 18 minute reality check of, yeah, that's not it. Um, and so that was fine, but the rest of them were either angels or people that are writing, you know, hundred thousand dollar checks at the pre-seed stage into businesses that, you know, may or may not be onto something huge. And they, and they, they've known me for a while in most cases, and they're just really passionate about the change that's happening in the, um, fundraising environment, you know, and summit fits really well into that. So profitable businesses who care about their economics, who appreciate what a, you know, CFO would do for them is very much, you know, like I like to say, super aligned with, uh, summit and things like, you know, tiny seed and indie and earnest and, you know, all these things. So, you know, in some sense, we just get to talk about the changes happening in the industry and then where summit fits into that. And if they buy into the macro changes, then, you know, summit is like this technology that just fits in really well. So very, very energizing about the long-term opportunities of summit, which um, definitely put some wind in my sales, man. So you're kind of attaching yourself to a trend that they already kind of have bought right. into. That, right. Exactly. Exactly. Like in one case, there was an investor I was talking to and they're starting a revenue-based financing fund. Um, they're thinking about it and uh, simply, you know, non-dilutive fundraising um, where the founder shares a portion of the revenue. And, you know, in like that investor who I'm pitching to potentially write a check for summit itself could be very easily a customer of summit because it would help them. Um, it would help them design their terms. It will help them be faster in terms of diligence to make offers to companies. So when an investor is both a potential customer and an investor, it just, you know, really, um, supercharges the conversation. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you're feeling so that, good about the, that part. I am. I am. And I, I did have a couple of new uh, pilot customer commitments this week. Um, and I won't name any names, but um, they're well-known, you know, well-known startups in the kind of overall indie movement, you could say. And uh, they're excited about using Summit to answer some questions they have around you know, growth planning for 2020, which is perfect. And um, really helping me figure out the use cases, the paid use cases for the product, which is going to tie really well into releasing the premium version this quarter. So it's all it's all kind of coming together, you know. It's all kind of coming together in a way that I was worried wasn't going to happen when, when, like I said, I kind of came to a standstill in December. Um, feels feels really good to see things kind of just like I said, coming back together. That's great. Are you yeah. still? Um... Are you still thinking about kind of what what terms you want to race on? Yeah. Um, well, 
I feel like I've settled on those. Now that could change if some investor comes forward and says, I'd like to, you know, do something more aggressive, if you will, and write a large check um, or whatnot. Uh, but um, I'm thinking of using convertible note at this point, uh, $300,000 or so. Um, obviously with a convertible note, that kind of thing is, is flexible. And the terms, um, I guess the, the terms aren't that innovative, therefore, because it's it's a well-known structure. Uh, there's reasons I like the convertible note, um, which we could talk about. But you know, I'm thinking of kind of breaking that 300000 into distinct pieces um, and then offering those notes uh, to people. So, you know, 25000 25000 50000 and then 100000 100000 So there's five notes in total that I'd be offering. And it... It's an interesting tactic. We'll see if it, I think it's going to work out well because it just helps people, helps investors kind of pick their product, if you will. It's like, look, I've got five of these things. <laughs> when they're yeah. all gone, I'm done, right? So, you know, while supplies last, this is what I'm doing. And, you know, with those denominations, it's kind of easy for people to decide where they fit. Like I'm an angel yeah. investor. You know, I want one of the 25s or we're a pre-seed fund. We want to invest, you know, 150. So we'll, we'll take two. Because um, otherwise convertible note fundraising can be a little sloppy, like unstructured yeah. because, you know, everybody gets to pick their amount. Everybody gets to invest when they want to invest. There's no, it's hard to create um, a clear picture, even if you don't want to get into things like urgency, which can be a little bit of gamesmanship. And I'm not trying to do that here. It is nice to create some structure as the entrepreneur. I think in these kinds of rounds, investors are looking to you to, you know, just a, create a little bit of structure and put your foot forward and say, these are the terms. So that's what I'm going to do. Um, I have one of those 25,000 spoken for, and um, I have a couple of uh, um, interested parties for the hundred. Um, so we'll see how it fills out. Like, I mean, the nice thing about the note basis is that as soon as somebody wants to, invest um you can just take take their money so for me to do that um i do have a deck that's mostly done it's not really a hard sell um but i just it's kind of like we talked in an earlier episode anytime i'm selling it's nice to have some collateral that just makes the transaction and the way forward very clear for people um i think mentally people just like to have something to latch onto that says you know here's the thing, here's what's being done, here's how you get involved, you know, and here's my email address, right? So it's not a big, not a big deal, but just a little something um, to go around and I'm going to circulate that among all the investors I've talked to and yeah, see what happens. Hopefully it's quick and painless, famous last words. <laughs> well, that makes a lot of sense, especially the way you're approaching it where it's almost uh, productized convertible notes or yeah. like packaged goods. Um, I, it's a really exactly. interesting strategy. Yeah, yeah. yeah kind of learned from the last time. I mean, it's... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, productizing them. I think it helps too. You can also do things like, hey, if you if you invest prior to this date, you know, your interest rate and your cap is this. If you invest after this date, it's this. And that's not to be... It's not to be uh, mean. <laughs> it's just to say, look, the business is making progress and you know, it's, it's only fair to all the shareholders for, you know, the best terms to go to those that invest sooner rather than later. 
Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That's a really yeah. interesting strategy. I uh, I find that very very interesting. You're you're doing something uh, in parallel as we can't help ourselves, man. We um, no, just, we just... are the SAS twins. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing a similar thing. Yeah, I'm talking to investors. I am. Um, I'm planning on doing a similar thing on convertible notes, um, raising less money than you. Um, mostly to pay for the extra person that I, I'm onboarding soon. Um, and then kind of just like extend the runway a bit. Um, but I'm not, I'm trying not to think about it as an actual fundraise, okay. um, which is why I don't have a pitch deck. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I kind of like have this mental resistance where like, as soon as I make a pitch deck, I'm like out with my hat in my hand raising money, <laughs> um, which is okay. And I, I'm thinking about it because... I don't know. It it makes me a little. I don't know. I'm it. it I kind of want to do that because I don't know. I think talking to investors, selling of this. I think I'm actually quite good at it. And um, I don't know. I'm just mm-hmm. kind of interested to see like how far I could go with it. But I just don't think now is the right time to do that for a branch. I think mm-hmm. it would benefit me to do a bit more of the things I want to do in the near future before I do that. Um, yeah even if it's not a deck you know think of a deck as a format what, yeah, yeah what what you do have is you have a plan of and course you have goals so in some sense at this stage you know putting those in some document and sharing that with people so they know what they're investing in is really the yeah, only, yeah that's the only thing and you're probably yeah, yeah. doing something like that yeah i would do that i wouldn't do like a, a pitch deck with like you know, the market, and- the the TAM, the whatever. Yeah, um, exactly. That's not going to happen. Uh, not anytime soon, at least. Um, right, right. But yeah, it's, it's interesting how far you can get with a few emails um, when you talk to people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I have interest from a few people. I think, mm-hmm. I think in theory, I have enough money committed to do this um, and that it makes sense. Um, I, I wouldn't mind taking a few extra... Um, or doing like one or two no- more notes than the the three I already have um, people committed to. But you're going to send that you're going to send that that deck to me, right? <laughs> uh, regardless, yeah, I, I send everything to you. You like you're like my my email proxy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my proofreader. Yeah. <laughs> Proofreading as a, as a service, yeah, yeah, as cool. a free service. <clears throat> so you have enough interest at this point to yeah, just get actually, it done. yeah, three or four people have verbally committed to a note, um, and that's cool. actually right now that amount is enough, I think, but it's not as much as I planned. So I'm gonna think about if I should try to to get a few more people involved. But actually, my largest struggle right now is just trying to figure out the you know, the technical details of the documents I want to use. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I'm talking to a few people that are really helpful. Um, trying to like show me how they raised um, money on a similar setup and reading about it and talking to lawyers and stuff like that. Um, but it's not very transparent. Um, Cause it, it, the important thing for me is I want to do convertible notes but I want to do convertible notes that they that I won't have to repay with cash, but that essentially get repaid if they mature, get repaid in shares in the company, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is very important because I don't want to be in a situation where an investor can say, 
um, I don't like you. Let's shut down your company because you can't pay back my note. And then you're insolvent. Um, sure. I want a situation sure. where worst case they can say, hey, I want my money back in shares. Give me some shares and I'll give them some shares on yep. evaluation cap. And that's what they get. Um, mm -hmm. So that's basically the the protection or the structure I'm trying to get into those notes. Yeah. Yeah. There's no default. In other words, if it if it does not convert because of a qualified financing, it will just convert into shares automatically. Exactly. Which I guess is not automatically because it still involves lawyers and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Not, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning from, right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm learning from you. Um, big shout out to Jordan Gal, who's uh, done a similar thing. Um, and he's been very helpful, like getting on calls with me and discussing this. So yeah, it's really interested. I'm interesting. I'm learning, learning a lot of things. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm also looking forward to getting this um, to kind of get this done and then just <laughs> focus my time on the product. Yeah, so it, it is interesting that you and I appear to not be allergic to fundraising. Like you just like, like you just said, it, it is a distraction and like, I don't want it to take longer than it has to. Yeah. yeah. But uh, people that might be listening, you know, we do have a pretty welcoming attitude when it comes to funding. Um, obviously accepting tiny seeds money, but now, you know, taking <laughs> that further original giveaway. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, it might be an interesting segue here just to talk for a minute about why, why we do have that mindset. Um, you know, I know for me, like I've, I've fundraised before it can be awful, right? <laughs> yeah. It can be awful. It's filled with problems, but, um, yeah, like why, you know, why, why me, are you not just bootstrapping might be my question differently. For me, it's mostly just pragmatism. Like I'm, I'm feeling a big pull right now in the community I'm in with Branch to kind of like work on this product and get it out there so people can easier um, use it, um, getting the product out there so they can use, start using it. Um, and and there's just a lot of work to be done there and I'm just not seeing myself moving fast enough. And I want, and there's a lot of people who wants to work with me and the way that they will work with me is if they like, they'll need a salary, like I need a salary. Um, mm -hmm. and there's just not enough money for two people to work on this. Um, but I do think there's enough demand <laughs> for two people to work on it. Um, and then like the pragmatic solution, especially in uh, that's how I feel at least about the environment we're in these days is that you you can actually be pretty picky with how you raise money and you can kind of decide the terms so, and the structure. You don't have to do it the Y Combinator way or the Silicon Valley way. You can do it in your own way and you can think about what's what's a good fit for your business. And I'm, uh, I'm not allergic to having investors at all like some of the most successful um, business people I know and startup founders um, turned CEOs for larger companies that they exited and stuff like that are now investors. And if by taking an investment from those people, I can get them more involved in my company, then that's just an absolute no brainer for me. And it's just, it's not something I think too much about actually. And this, this is something I love about Jordan as well, because he's, he's super pragmatic about these things as well. He's like, Hey, I want to do this thing with my business. 
that will require some money. I don't want to give too much control when I do that. So like, let's see if we can find a node structure that allows for that and then just do it and don't do it. Don't do the thing that the bootstrapper community tells you to do. Um, just do the thing that you think makes most sense for your business and talk to experienced people about it and get some good advice and then, then see what you can, what you can do with that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of misinformation and then a lot of generic advice. Oh, the that generic advice is the best. Just, <laughs> I was, I was going to pull back from that, but then you had to be sarcastic. <laughs> Sorry. You know, you no, know, it's uh, it, it, generic advice is deadly, man. It's uh, it's like a generic prescription when you're, uh, you know, when you go to your doctor, it's just like, oh, you know, this will probably be okay. Try this medicine. You're like, what? Um, it, but it's amazing. It's everywhere. And in your specific situation, yeah, you're, you, you called it a no brainer, which is you know, a pretty strong statement from a, it's not generic advice. I mean, you're basically drawing a very specific conclusion about your business at this time. And that's great. Um, Honestly. So three out of the four people that said that have told me that they want to invest, three of them came to me and asked if there's a way that they could invest. And the the fourth person, I sent an email saying, Hey, I know you listen to the podcast. I think it would be great to bring on as an investor. Are you interested? And, you know, like two or three emails back and forth, like, yes, I'm interested. I'm in. <laughs> it's like, awesome. uh, and you just kind of, if you know people a bit, it's like, you kind of know that you have this, the same thinking about these things and that's probably a good fit. And you work mm-hmm. with people, they know you, um, they know your plans. It doesn't have to be as horrible as people think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially with, I mean, in this ecosystem, is creating more and more angel investors, you know, high net worth founders themselves who are going to just have a very different attitude about, you know, the future and the state of their investment than, you know, a traditional VC. So, yeah, um, yeah. just the fact that you can be so picky about who you want. Like I've literally only asked one person to be an investor. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's like nice, I'm man. sending out, uh, you know, a broadcast to the whole world and I'll just take whatever money on whatever terms. Right. Like at least for now I've asked one person. Yeah. No, it's probably not a random person. It's probably someone who I would want to join me. And yeah, I'm really curious to know like what, what do you think would be different if you did bootstrap this thing at this point? Do you think the product would suffer? Do you think, um, well, I still work. I mean, my, my quality of life would be lower, I think, because I would, I wouldn't, I would have to cut down on my own salary. Um, which means mm-hmm. I probably have to eventually do something on this side or sell mm-hmm. something that's like kind of like outside the product vision I have. So like closer to a service or something I can build faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would be a lot more stressed about wanting to build this thing and not being close enough to hitting the goals because I didn't have enough time and I was worrying about other things. Like it's just mm-hmm. some businesses are good for bootstrapping and some just need a little, I guess, like start capital to, to get yeah. going. And I think this might just be one of them. I don't think I need to raise VC money to do it. Um, sure. I think I'm on track to, to do it, but um, yeah, there's no, there's no reason for it 
like there, for me, there's no reason to add an extra year or two of stress and uncertainty if if we can find out if it's a good idea or not faster, basically. Right, right. Because if this works, it's going to cover two people very fast, meaning yeah. fast enough, right? It's, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is not a thing where if it works, it it covers you, you know. No, um, then and what you're a, basically saying is there's there's a price tag to turning over this stone, and yeah. you know you're gonna you're gonna pay that sticker price to turn over that stone, and it's not just are some people willing to pay? It's can I build a business on this opportunity? Basically, my pitch right now for myself and for investors is here is some here's the thing I have like these are the signals I get right now. I think these are pretty strong signals. I would like to to explore further and kind of like get even stronger signals. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I'm bringing on an extra person. That's why I'm investing in these specific areas of the business. It's going to cost me some money. That's why I need some extra money so I can keep doing it. Yep. Do you think that's a good idea as well? Yeah, that's great. Um, and then in exchange for funding that research, essentially, or product development or whatever you want to call it, they get a fraction of the business. It's cool. Feels fair. <laughs> yeah, Appreciate that's that. how I'm so, thinking about it, at least. Yeah, that's good. Uh, it lines up a lot with how I'm thinking about Summit. Um, so nice detour. <laughs> I'm curious. So uh, that was the a lot of manager side for you is the maker side employed. Yeah, I I, I kind of like split up my week in a pretty interesting fashion this week, I think. So basically, it ended up being Tuesday and Thursday were my maker days. I count this week, I count um, like writing long emails as maker stuff as well, because it require like it requires you to sit down and think about what you want to say and like work on it for maybe half an hour to write that mm-hmm. sort of email. Anyways, um, so basically on Tuesday... I kind of said, I want to spend, uh, like, I want to take as long as I can today and just have a marathon of, like, getting things out the door. Um, and kind of what sparked this was um, someone in the WordPress community who works for a company that has a fairly um, popular blog wanted to write an article about Branch. And he ran into some pretty silly things um, when he was trying to set up a project Um and you don't really want to get that too exposed in a blog post on a popular blog. And he was kind enough to send me like a list of feedback that I all agreed with. It was great feedback. Um, so I just cranked out as much as I could on Tuesday. And I really, I, I, I kind of like completely burned myself out. Um, so I was just hmm. so exhausted after the day. But at the same time, it felt really good because I got so much yeah. stuff done. That's um, awesome. Yeah, then on Wednesday, I kind of took um, a pretty slow day. I was meeting up with some um, friends in Edinburgh and like do some co-working with them from a coffee shop and going to a meetup and just doing like basically easy stuff. And then on, mm-hmm. on Thursday, I decided to basically do like the 10 hour in the office, um, just work as much as you can, see how much you can get done in one day. Um and I really feel like I moved the product forward this week, like a lot. Um, That's awesome. And it made me made me really excited. Um, 
yeah, I made some a few like UX improvements that that are really nice. Um, worked on the build lock system in Branch, and also managed to cut out some of the basic behind the scenes stuff that happens in builds. Um, so they're a bit faster now as well, and the, the experience is a little more seamless. Cool. Um, I got the so I'm working on migrating the Branch website to a WordPress project, um, and of course, like build it and deploy it with Branch. Um, I worked on that setup this week and it actually made me really excited about the product using it myself um, on a that's real great. project. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And, and people are, meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is the beauty of it all, people are signing up, they're running builds. Yeah. Hitting, uh, hitting. A few people, um, these days it's probably like maybe a few, like one or two people a day or like sometimes... A little, a little bit more but yeah a few people every day coming in and then once in a while some of them really like get it and activate and that's really exciting mm-hmm. um, the most exciting thing is seeing the people that kind of have adopted the tool yeah. just use it every day like i have i have one guy now <laughs> he's i'm looking i'm looking at him in my user list account every day because he has a streak going from new year's that he's been working in branch every day except the weekends um, and I just love seeing that. Like, it just makes me so happy to see that someone is in there every single yeah, day. That's really cool. I, I have the same experience with Summit right now is that I get one or two signups or so a day. Um, and every once in a while, somebody, I mean, people do connect their stuff. And every once in a while, somebody just really gets it. Yeah. And kind of listening to you say it, it, it makes me think, um, like, our jobs right now are is basically to just increase the density of that kind of user, yeah, like yeah, find yeah. more of those and figure out what aligned to make, why were they ready yeah. and other people aren't. Um, it's cool. Yeah. I mean, I imagine mean, if, you know, 50% of everyone that signed up did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they're out there. I guess that's what I'm trying yeah. to say. It's like, they're out there. How do you bundle more of those together? Draw more of those to, it means so much to me like yeah it's great if you get a lot of signups but the fact that someone is relying on your product and just using it every single day is such mm-hmm. a strong signal to me and it makes me yeah. very confident when i'm talking to investors because i'm like look at this like look at these yeah. people like there is no one else serving them because that's why they they go through the the hurdle of like adopting a tool that has a lot of rough edges Yep, that's because they they really need this, um, and yeah. I think that's like a l- big part of like the whole crossing the chasm thing mm-hmm. that people are willing to to you know take some rough edges and stuff like that because um, because they really need a good solution to solve their problem. Yep. Yeah, and then that's the great, thing yeah. is, once you've set up something like Branch, um, it might take a while before you get it set up correctly, um, but then it's like then it just works, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and you just keep getting those build notifications. It failed, it succeeded, it failed, it failed, it succeeded. It got deployed and it's like, yeah, then it's just, you know, then you're not going to switch probably. You're not, because yeah, now it's all automated. Now it's all working. Um, and it's not making going back. Life. Yeah, that's the thing. Why would you want to go back? Yeah. So that's it's really exciting. Thing. Yeah. Very and then, cool. On the manager side, I'm preparing for um, onboarding uh, the new person next week on Monday. Yay. Yeah. 
Yeah, so basically, um, I know he's listening to the podcast as well, but I'll talk to him before this goes out next week. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, essentially, I'm working on, um, and I've talked to him about this, obviously, about like working on a, on a list of things for him to do the first week. And then the second week is when we're going to go to Spain. Um, or I'll be in Spain already. Um, I'm going next week. But essentially having a list of things for him to do the first week. So he kind of like has some things to look at. And that's sure. stuff like, you know, um, ha having me give him a tour of the product and the code base and stuff like that. Um, okay. And then one of the other things I want him to spend quite a bit of time on is basically set up a, like a WordPress research project, kind of what I'm doing with the branch website right now, like pick a cool framework, uh, work on a theme and then set it up with branch and, and basically use the tool and deploy it to some hosting company. And yeah, basically, you know, mm. actually work with the tool instead of trying to like build a new feature or something like that, work with the tool um, yeah. get familiar with it and kind of like see where it's cool and where it, it lacks and then yeah. what I'm thinking is huh. by the end of the week, maybe he could write a blog post or a tutorial or something like that based based on kind of like the workflow he set up. And I think that would be a really nice, um, basically um, deliverable <laughs> for his first week. Sure. Yeah. That's really good. I mean, it's it, it, uh, working closely with the tool. I mean, in a sense, your... Um, uh, you're being your customer. You're living. You're living in their shoes using yeah, it, yeah. and that's that's awesome. It's it's cool that you can just spin that up right without yeah. a, a customer necessarily even giving you anything. Yeah, yeah. Just like I'm, I'm just going to use it. Yeah, um, and then nice. um, a few other things. Like obviously, I'll have him work on a few support tickets just to kind of see like what what people are asking about. Um, we'll do a personality test like I talked about last time. Yeah. And then I think after a week of like these random things, um, we'll have a lot to talk about in Spain and we'll have better context for like discussing the future and basically what needs to get prioritized and stuff like that. Yeah. And then of course, there's a lot of like practical stuff like signing documents and, you know, getting stuff to run locally and getting access to GitHub and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's nice to basically start with a list of to-do items and notions, notions so you can kind of feel like you're actually making progress even though you aren't shipping a feature or writing code necessarily. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't do it so much in the early days because we didn't think about it, but uh, for folks that we hired later... Um, in the life cycle of the company, we, we would sketch out in sometimes pretty good detail, like what does success look like for the first three months of this position mm. and just lay that out there, um, on the table, you know, when you go to bring them on. So they know this is what the first three months look like. Like you said, hitting the ground running. And yeah. also before there's this very difficult to reverse situation, um, they know what's expected of them. And you have a built-in performance review that's casual. It could be informal, but it could also be, it, <laughs> if it doesn't go well, you might need it to be formal. So at least you have, you know, a document that says, you know, this is what was, this is what has been expected. Um, and I'm certainly not trying to rain on the optimism. I, I hope it goes really <laughs> well. Uh, but, you know, them 
hitting the ground running is all about seizing the opportunity so yeah yeah, yeah. i think especially when it's the first hire it's mm-hmm. important to have them be a part of that basically decision yeah. not decision but like planning and mm-hmm. setting expectations and that that's some of the stuff i really want to do in spain is having conversations about this like what is it like what what do you want to get out of this um what would be cool for you to do in this period of time and yeah what do you want to learn like what do you want to work on um and then kind of like talk about that and 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 i think that's like that's a good place to start at least mm-hmm. obviously there are things that needs to get done um but it's yeah. a startup and we don't know what the future is going to hold so we might as well think about like what we want to do as well and what kind of things we like to work on yeah uh, if you need any like extra or if you're you know interested in any extra inspiration for what to ask about um, to start those conversations uh mikey trafton business of software talks are just excellent now he was running a very large company and he talks about how he interviewed people and this is not an interview per se but he had a very different kind of style of interviewing folks than your most people are familiar with and he just he just asked really great questions that just tell you so much about a person nice um, so there's some really good material in those yeah they're like yeah. 40 minutes he's super entertaining okay but, you know the questions he asked just uh, always revealed it, it kind of forces the person to tell a story in some cases and you just learn a lot about you know the highs the lows the strengths the weaknesses yeah other otherwise it's so easy especially in you know a casual community to uh just kind of we all say what each other we think the other one wants to hear you know Mm. we're all a little bit afraid to be vulnerable but um he he was really good at just asking questions with a uh, radical candor you could say yeah yeah yeah. that's interesting Yeah, yeah 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 Yeah, I'm literally writing down in Notion the things, like the specific conversations I want to have in Spain, just so we could both Great. like start thinking about it. Um, mm-hmm. And not, I don't want to put anyone on spot. There's like that's not really super productive. Um, no, but it's good to have those. And then some of those you might say, "This is a good one at the whiteboard," and this is a good one yeah, over here. Yeah. You know? yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, then um, I. Cool. Um, final thing i want to mention is i found a new interesting use case for tuple today um oh. that uh, that i'll share um so basically with the with the students helping me um, as i've talked about um want to bring on a new guy um but the problem is right now that's not something i can really prioritize so i don't i don't have the time to onboard him and do the necessary things to basically get to know him before I grant him the keys to GitHub. So that's, mm. I'm not, I'm random people aren't getting access to my GitHub account, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, um, what I was thinking and talking to the guy that's already helping me was what if, cause they know each other already. Um, what if, uh, he was at least in the beginning, basically it was just pairing with you. So you have mm. some problem you need to solve. Um, you get on a tuple call with him and you can both work on it and it'll be fun because you know each other and you're friends and you can work on the problem and you'll probably be faster because you're two people looking at it and you can, you can, he can take control of the code because you're using tuple, which is brilliant, 
without giving him access to the code base on GitHub. And he won't have the code base on his local machine. He'll just have access when you give him access <laughs> with Tuple. And that way you can kind of like work together and also work uh, as like some sort of onboarding for him because he will get familiar with the code base. And yeah, I, I just found that I just never thought about that as a use case, but I don't know. I think it's a pretty interesting way to use their tool. It is. It's uh, yeah, it, it's pairing in a, in a way there. <laughs> yeah. Like you, you've essentially put in a metaphorically speaking, a firewall where, <laughs> he's allowed to hop on the other side kind of be the hands yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and do the work but the other guy's right there and then but you haven't given yeah and actually i mean that is well it depends but um i know back in the day it could be a lot of work to get that all working locally and um, everything else anyway and so between the security and the work um, this is a much faster way to do some of that initial discovery for sure yeah and you may learn things actually through that discovery that are very informative anyway. So. The kind of the, the idea for this was that, so uh, the guy that's already working with me, he built a feature and then this new guy reported a bug with that feature because he he's using a, a, a browser where this didn't work. But, you know, the guy that I was working with, he didn't use that browser. I'm like, okay, these kind of situations, it's actually helpful if the guy who discovered the bug could just get on a call. And then actually by getting on a call and helping fix that thing, he'd actually also get familiarized with the code base and the way we like yeah. to work. And I don't know. I just, I, I like the idea. I think, I think they'll be up for it. Yeah. Uh, tuple for the five people on this podcast, listening listenership, who don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Screen sharing pair programming tool, but um, we may be talking to Ben soon. Maybe. Yeah. If Maybe. we let him on, if we let him on. Yeah. Depends. Depends if, on how he behaves. Between if we decide that. Uh, that he's too famous already, too successful. <laughs> true, true, true. Yeah, he, yeah. his executive assistant needs to schedule it. Because we don't want too many Cinderella stories on here. That's right. Like, <laughs> Tuple, the Instagram of the bootstrapper space. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. That's All great, right, man. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to call that a show? I think we should. Awesome. Talk to you next week then. All right, buddy. Or in See five ya. minutes in Slack. Bye. Bye.